0: Hey guys, you're here with Dr. Molly
1: and Todd Rowland,
0: and we're bringing you the podcast, the business side of the pet industries. Today, we're going to open up our financial February talk. And so we're just going to have this be a talk about money. We're not going to go into budgets. We're not going to go into financial planning. The things we're going to talk about today is just that general conversation on money. We're going to talk about some of the more different metrics that you can follow, some of the different things you can look at, how to kind of gauge the success and where you're the financial health of your business based on some different things that you can look at besides just going off a budget.
1: Yeah. And if you're not a business owner, some of this information will still apply to you in your personal life.
0: Exactly. So, One of the things that I really want to talk about is making sure that you know the margins for each of your income streams. So there's a lot of times we hear business owners and they say, oh, my grooming is cheaper, but I make up the difference in... My, yeah, in my retail or in my boarding or my boarding slow, but that's OK because I make up for it in my grooming. Like you don't want to get into one of those Rob Peter to pay Paul situations. So knowing the actual margin of revenue and what percentage of your overall income that each section is bringing in is going to be helpful because that means you can see where you're kind of maybe maxed out or where you can improve, maybe where you need to focus your marketing or something that you can shift. Like maybe you need a Go and figure out, you know, what retail products are working or not working or is daycare going to help your boarding or, you know, do you need to revamp your grooming prices? Like there's just a lot of things that you can look at by knowing what percentage of your sales are coming from what revenue stream.
1: And a lot of people get overwhelmed by this because, you know, they're still physically doing some work such as grooming or running the reception desk or, or you actually have to schedule time during the week. Whether it's 3 a.m. in the morning, 10 p.m. at night, or during the workday, like you actually have to study some of this stuff. And once you have it broken down into some kind of, you know, either QuickBooks or some kind of software, even if you, you know, pen and paper spreadsheet, like if you'll ever get on task of doing it, it really doesn't take but a good hour or week to go over all your financials if you'll just get in the habit of keeping track of it.
0: Yeah, and again, that should be something you should be built in, where it's like, You know, a lot of people are still grooming every day. So if you're grooming Monday through Friday, eight to four, okay, so let's take an hour every week and go ahead and build that in your schedule. Maybe Friday you get off at three and from three to four, you go ahead and take a look at your finances and things like that. So that way it's built in and you have a set time. So you don't just push it off and push it off. And then you're six months in and it becomes overwhelming. Yeah. So another thing that I thought, I was just, um, if you guys aren't, don't follow that Pets Plus big survey, like they put out some great information every year and a lot of it kind of has to do with your financials and it just compares different pet industry. It's all volunteer based for the survey. So it just goes into a bunch of different um, metrics and things to measure. And you can kind of see where your business may have compared to some of the other ones. It even breaks it down and tells you how many from each state, ages, um, income that their business produces, how long they've been open, things like that. But something that I thought was interesting is that it was saying, you know, to figure out the average sales per square, square foot you had um, for like 2023. So I think that's a good thing because it really helps you know how much you're making with the space you have. Are you highly utilizing all your space or, you know, do you still maybe have room to grow?
1: And, and this is important if you if you're in a, a small or even a big, or whatever space you're in and you start thinking, oh gosh, uh, I've got some great team members and we're expanding and we need to go find a new location. And if anybody has to search for commercial real estate here lately, it's not cheap. So, you know, look at it. How many days a week are you open? And some people are like, well, I'm not gonna have this salon open on this day and this day. And that's that's fine. Those, it's your business. But what hours are you open? What hours are you closed? What can you do to maximize your... The area that you have right now, without increasing your overhead,
0: yeah, and or or assuming a bigger space, a lot of people think, oh, I need to move, oh, I need this, but it may be something is maybe you're in a fifteen hundred square foot building, but five hundred square feet of that is pretty much unusable. And this
1: is where Molly and when we first opened it up, talked about you know knowing your numbers. So you may have like you said a fifteen hundred square foot space, and you have five hundred square foot of that for retail in your salon. But your retail only equates to ten percent of your sales, so you've got twenty or thirty-three percent of your space only bringing in ten percent of your overall sales. So let's let's you know that would be a situation where you may need to ramp up your marketing on your retail, do a refresh, or maybe you know maybe the area you're in, if you study it, maybe retail's not a big item in your area, and so you reduce that down to ten percent of your square foot, so you're not losing any of your sales on your retail, and then you have. That extra square foot to put another table in, put another tub in, you know, stuff that will produce income.
0: Yeah, so that's just that was just a very interesting one for me that I thought was uh, worth pointing out because, or if you have a van and these, you know, we hear people say, well, how do I know if I'm ready to get an employee or how do I know if I'm ready to get another van? That's another way, like you can utilize the space in your van and see how how often is that van available? How often is someone actually in that space occupying it and using it and how can you adapt your model to completely maximize that before adding the exp- expense of a whole nother van yeah uh
1: one thing is is you know 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 your numbers and like we're not getting to a full-blown budget thing because we're always talking about that but like do you know your average ticket price do you know how many pups you're grooming a month uh just stay on top of stuff like that
0: yeah and what are you paying yourself are you actually making a livable wage what was to, what would happen if you suddenly got hurt and you had to take 6 weeks 8 weeks 12 weeks off you know that's sadly that's not uncommon like what if you had to have that wrist surgery or back surgery or broke your ankle you know tripping over a dog or you know even non work related injuries that can still take us out for quite a while
1: yeah and Honestly, when you're starting your business and you're probably invested your life savings and probably maxed out some credit cards or whatever you did to to get your salon or mobile open, uh, you know, you don't have a cushion if something like that happens. Uh, You may have health insurance, but you're still going to be out some money. So, you know, that may be a time to actually bite the bullet and take out some of those supplemental accident coverage policies and things like that. I'm not advocating for that or recommended any. I'm just saying like that may be an avenue you want to look at something that costs, you know, $20, $30 a month that they, you know, if you do get injured and you're self-employed, you're not on your workman's comp, that can provide a little bit of income so that you're not getting so far behind.
0: Yeah. And that, again, that's something preventative. And the goal is at some point that we all have that in savings, you know, and it's not such a big deal, or we have employees that can replace our income if we're out. But until you get to that point, you know, financially, you can be responsible and, put some of these other precautions, these insurances in place just in case you need them. Because ultimately, that's what any insurance is. It's like, hopefully you never need it, but you'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it.
1: And, you know, again, budget for things like uh, we run into people all the time that they come up with, they have to offer, some type of benefit package to get employees in so they they'll just go ahead and put something out there oh we're offering this and get people in the door and then they've heard three or four people and then they realize that their pricing model or their overhead doesn't allow them to even offer that i've you know run into people who says they can't afford employees and it's like "Mm, no you didn't set your budget up like it's so things like think about that like we have uh for our mobile units we've started doing a um Every three three weeks is a maintenance uh, whatever day of the week it'll follow, maintenance Monday, maintenance Wednesday. And so, uh, you know, the team all meets at a breakfast place in town and they have breakfast and we maintenance the generators and everything right there where they're doing it. But it's like we already have budgeted for what that breakfast is going to cost. Like I know per person what we're going to spend. And so it's already built in for that month's budget. And it's like so many people just do stuff like that and then don't add it into the budget.
0: Yeah. And that goes to kind of back to the whole knowing your numbers, and we're not going to get into the details, but of why that's important. It's important if you want to expand, or if you don't think you can afford employees, or if you want to hire another one, or you want to get new equipment, or like for us this year, we're lucky enough to have an amazing team that all, and we're taking our entire team to a conference this year. But like, we we can't just decide today that we're going to do that. We We knew last June that come May, March this year, we would be taking our entire team to groom. So we built a financial plan around that just for this four day weekend for our team, because, you know, that's for those of you who've traveled, you know, like we always say education needs to be one of your budget line items, whether it's $100 or, you know, $100,000, like education is important and that needs to work its way in. But it's not something that you can just say, oh, I'm going to take everyone or even, oh, I'm going to take off and go myself
1: and you know once you do this on your first employee your second employee your third employee i mean now we don't even think about it that every time we add an employee we know per month what we need to keep for retained earnings per employee to do stuff like the team dinners the conferences for maintenance all that yeah. kind of stuff like it, because it it doesn't change that much i mean it adds on every time you add more people especially in the mobile and you know sector of the business the salon definitely you know you're going to use more water you're going to use a tad bit more electricity your workman's comp stuff like that'll go up. but like you it it's very easy after you do the one or two people to figure out okay so every time i hire an employee i need to have x amount of dollars put in retained earnings every month to cover these fun activities that we do
0: yeah. So that's, once you understand that, then you can start looking at what you can actually afford. Or like, if you want to, uh, we're not getting into the commission argument here, but let's just use easy numbers. Let's say you want to pay someone 50% and then you don't think about the seven and a half percent taxes you're matching or do you percent
1: credit card fees?
0: Yeah. The 3% credit card fees, if you're not charging those to your client. And then you got to think about, do you offer benefits? Like we offer a, pay time
1: uh, off it's
0: yeah pay time off, IRA measure. match like things like that so I mean that's if you have an employee at 50% and want to offer all this stuff so you can attract people if you're not careful you're going to be upwards at 65 75% of just a payroll cost
1: yeah we we run into people all the time and and you're some of you might be listening maybe these people that you know their salon may gross four or five hundred thousand a year in sales and have a couple employees but the owner themselves will be doing $100,000 of a year in revenue on grooms themselves and, and may only be taking home forty or $50,000 because so much of what they do is covering the overhead because they're paying their employees too much. And, you know, we always get backlash from some groomers. They're like, we deserve this. We believe every one of our employees should make a very livable wage.
0: A very, very good livable wage. Not just livable, but... You know, this is a, a a
1: hard industry in your body,
0: and a talent and a skill. Yeah,
1: it's your this is a skilled labor industry, but no other industry that you can find. And I, I say this all the time to people, and they I say find me an industry and bring it to me. No one gets fifty percent of what they bring in, and I always say refer to car mechanics. I don't know if have said this a hundred times, but it, they're kind of the same thing. Like you know, they're very skilled labor. And they, a lot of times buy their own tools, some like most groomers, you know, they want their own shares, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the, you go to the Ford or BMW dealership, you know, 120 an hour, $160 an hour for, you know, labor rates, what the dealership is charging you. Those people make 25 or $35 an hour. They're not making 65 and $70 an hour because it's not a sustainable business model, not to offer vacation days paid holidays 401ks health insurance um. because
0: again they're looking at it as i'm doing the work so i deserve half the money but what you're not doing is the matching the taxes paying for the benefits paying for the supplies um making sure the marketing's done making sure your books are full you know um the insurance and that doesn't that's just the financial things it doesn't cover the liability if you cut a dog that's not on you it's on your employer you know if you don't show up to work it's not your name that gets trashed it's the the business owner who doesn't have reliable team members yeah there's a lot that goes into it and you know we're not saying that again that nobody deserves a, a good wage but we're just you know, then this may be an unpopular opinion, but that... But this
1: is where you got to know your numbers, your average chicken humming groom, because you can pay somebody 35% and they can easily make more than the salon across town that's paying 50%. Because if you'll know your numbers, you can easily, like we run into people that just increase, they pull a number out of the air and increase their prices, but they don't actually even know, they're like, oh, this will turn into, let's just say $50,000 more a year in revenue Well, it will, but if you're paying people X, there goes half of it, or maybe even almost a third of it by the time you match taxes and everything. So you only have this much, but your expenses last year, you know, their expenses last year minus payroll might've went up $10,000. So they raised their prices thinking they're going to, Gross 50, but by the time they do payroll and all that, they might not even have the extra 10 to cover the increase in expenses for next year. So that's why it's so important to know your numbers. And again, if you're not a business owner, it's also important to do math because like we had a person, this has been years ago, that left us to make 10% more in commission and the place they were going to's prices were about $20 a ticket average less than ours. And so after about two weeks, and they they, were slower. (laughs) So after about two weeks uh they quickly realized that they were making less money even though the commission was more which we tried to explain that to them but you know they they wouldn't hear it and so they left and we'd already filled their spot and we didn't have a spot for them so unfortunately they didn't come back to work for us but this
0: is and and i just want to add they ended up going back to the place they left to work for us because they weren't making enough money so i mean at the end of the day it's people get so caught up in the percentage of what they're making and not the amount of money. Like when we have a conversation with the potential or team member, we don't start off with, Oh, this is the percentage we start off with. This is going to be your average take-home pay. These are your average tips. And you know, then that starts the money conversation.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's just people get, and then I hear the same thing about people that are getting paid the hourly, which whatever works for your business is what works for your business. I don't, you know, I don't have an opinion on if you want to pay hourly or if you want to pay commission or if you want to do a mix, whatever, if you know your numbers and it works for, it actually works for your business. Like you've done the math and it doesn't just, you're not going in the hole every month. You call it working, but it's actually a profitable business. Then that can work for you. But I also hear the employees complaining on other side of it saying, well, I'm only getting paid, you know, $22 an hour and I'm grooming $700 worth of dogs a day. And then that becomes an issue. So no matter what avenue that you go at you're always going to have kickback from some employees not all employees but again you have to make sure that you're paying your team members a very livable wage and if you don't know your numbers you can't do that
0: yeah and you can't or you can't do it and be successful because you're either going to be paying too little and not knowing why you can't retain top talent or you're going to be paying too much and wondering why your business is struggling and why you're stressed and why there's not enough left at the end of the day when you're bringing so much in.
1: Yeah. One, one thing that um, I will tell you, one thing that I have not been able to put a number on is the return um, value of continuing education. Other than I know that when we come back from continuing education, a conference or something with a team, the energy level in the salon, even our mobile team members, it's so high. It's worth it to me and you and it's worth it to them. But I haven't put a number beside, okay, if we spend $10,000 to smart shaking the the team, or I think it may be closer. I forget how many people are actually going now, but it it may be closer to 12 or 14. But what is our return on investment on that? I'm not quite for sure we have that pinpointed down because... There's
0: so many things to consider. There's so
1: many things. So like that's one of the things I'm trying to figure out because I would like to actually tell people if you spend on average, $2,000 a year on your one employee's continuing education, it will turn into X. And that's something that we're working on because we believe in education so much, but I haven't been able to do that. All I can tell you on that one, that is just uh, the excitement from the team, the team building aspect of that, that we're all there. And when we come back it's so exciting, everybody's excited. I can't put a dollar amount on that. And I'm just bringing that up because if anybody that's listening has done a study on that and can tell me like, each year after you do that, your sales go up X. I know some of our people have learned some skills and that we've charged extra for their skill level. And so we can put a uh, a dollar amount on that. But overall education costs, it would be very interesting to come up with a return on, on that.
0: Yeah. And it's like, especially, you know, burnout is such a big thing. And for us, that's that's some of the, again, that's something we're trying to figure out how to like quantify those into like numbers that we can put on paper, but, you know, someone's getting wore down or, you know, they've just had a long month or a long six months or whatever. Like we see it all the time. Like, you know, I've been doing this forever and I'm just, I don't have the same passion or I'm out, or, you know, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I don't enjoy going to work. And it's like, find some education. Like Todd was saying, our people come back. So, and this is me personally, this is really how we kind of even realized the importance of education long before we decided to get into, edu- you know, being educators ourselves is, you know, I was burnt out. I was looking for, you know, Corporate desk jobs at one point. And it was like, okay, like we went to a conference, we got energized, you know, and the whole car ride home, it's like, oh, we can try this, we can do this. You know, I took some skills classes, I took some business classes, and it's just a, a complete refresh on wherever you are and anything, whether it's you want to be a better hand scissorer, you want to learn color, or maybe you just want to go and get like the cutest leggings and smocks that are available to just wear to work and feel good. And like
1: every time I come back for one week span, like I get so energized, I'm like, let's let's go ahead and buy another van. Let's go ahead and expand our salon. Let's go ahead and hire this extra person. Like it energizes
0: me in that way. And not to mention, too, like we've you've heard us talk about the power of networking. Like take advantage of um the other groomers that are there because There's someone that's been in your position, whether you work for someone, whether you want to start a business, whether you never want to own a business, whether you're corporate, private, have a fleet, whatever. There's people there that are in your same position or have been there or want to get there. And it's really good to have people that you can meet and and talk with outside of your particular salon or area yeah
1: it's also great that we built some relationships with people that are nowhere even near in our state they're not even in our local community and we're we're friends with other people in the same industry that are 15 minutes down the road from us and that's great too but it also is really something nice when you go to those and you do meet people from other areas that you can call them and ask them a question of how would you handle this or how would you uh, have you had this happen and know that it's if it even does get out it's not gonna get out in your community it's you feel you have a safe space now to ask that question and not feel like you're going to be talked about around town by the other owners or anything like that. Like you actually have a safe place to ask those questions when you start networking with people and they're not in your community. One of the other questions we get all the time too is, uh, "How much should I pay myself as an owner?" Well, this is a quickie. Like. So many people go about this. There's a thousand different ways you can get to this number, but it's how much do you want to make? Now day one in business, you may not make that. You may not even make it your first year, but like if you're going to open a business, decide what you want to make and then build all your numbers to make that. What we see so many times is people as owners and if they, especially they have employees, they pull out what's left and sometimes it's not a lot. And that's even with them grooming full time, but Put a number down. So if I'm going to open a salon, I'm going to have three employees. I want to make 150K a year take home. You know, you know what you find out what your overhead is and all that kind of stuff and then figure out, oh, so if I take 150 and I'm still going to groom three days a week and do this many dogs. Well, this is what my prices need to be for me to be able to do that. Like, I don't understand these people that have been in business two and three years and they still don't know what they can pull out of their business
0: Or it's an afterthought. Like Todd said, they pull it out because that's what's left instead of making their business able to sustain what they're doing. Those of you who are business owners, like, it's not easy. It's stressful and stuff comes up, unplanned stuff, like, and to go through all that and then still have to worry that you're not making the income that you should be making for doing something like that by just knowing your numbers, like Todd said, like, especially if you the more you know at the beginning, great. But if you're at a point now and you still don't know that or you're still not making what you want to make, now's the time. Like we're at the start of a new year. Like there's all this education, like we've seen the grooming industry just in the last 2 years or so explode with these business classes, speakers, all these this information that's out there and available. Take the time now to figure that stuff out.
1: And it it may not be so much as what you want to make or that number. It may be that, like, after you've got your business up and going, you've been doing it for four or five years that, you know, you're tired of just cutting on doodles, whatever. Like, maybe you want to do a little bit more fancier cuts and things like that. But, you know, that may take you twice as long, but it's what makes you happy. But you still have bills at home, so you need to pull out. So, like, just know your numbers, let you know, like, where you need to price those fancier cuts at so that you can – take a couple hours on them and and still make a living doing what you love.
0: Yeah. Or if you, yeah. So again, it's just like knowing, or, you know, at some point we all will have to take a step back. And so for whatever reason, so it's like knowing and having a plan, you know, plan for that day before it happens, whether it's, you know, because of an injury or because you want to retire or because you want to move on to something else, or maybe you only want to do competition grooming, but, if you set that plan up of, you know, how many dogs does a team member have to do to replace your dogs? You know, it's not just one for one where you can pass off your book of dogs because, you know, you have the payroll costs and all the other things associated with that.
1: I reached out to a, a new mobile in our area about a month or two ago and said, hey, this person is very talented groomer. They've been grooming for 15 plus. No, right at, I think 18 or 19 years. I forget what it was. And I said they've been in a salon, though, the whole entire time. I just said, hey, uh, I'm not sure if you've done any research, but you're charging like 40 to $50 less than the rest of us in the community. And I said, you know, a lot of us can't even we're, we can't even filter all the phone calls and texts that are coming in a, t- a day to we can refer you some of these people. We can't take them all. And uh, I said, but I, I can't refer people to you if you're going to be 40 or $50 cheaper than us. And she's like, well, I'm going to I'm servicing more of the rural area, so I don't think those people have as much money. OK. I'll just go ahead and tell you your expenses don't change whether you're in a rural area or, or not. I mean, your van still has to have maintenance. It's still going to need tires. It's still going to need diesel fuel. It's still going to need well, if
0: anything. Mean, you're going to drive more. Yeah.
1: So, but I, th- I thought she took it in a positive way, but then I got some hate mail about it. And then I'm just like, I, I we're trying to help people out, but she, d- here's what happens. She doesn't know her numbers. And we've seen this happen. Probably six times in 2023 last year, where people open up and they're severely underpriced. Because, and this
0: is just in our area. I mean,
1: very local area. For one, what it does is it drives everybody else's price down. Uh, but they usually don't last long, which is not good for our industry because it's especially the mo- it's giving mobile groomers in our area almost a bad rap, like it's a fly by night business. You know, someone opens up today, and six months down the road, they're gone because they can't, you know. They can't they're not operate. they don't even know their numbers and they get started. and I'm not saying that that everybody opens up knowing their numbers, but like if somebody else reaches out to you and says, "Hey, I can refer you clients and this is what we're charging and they don't have a problem with it. And I didn't get into this to get rich. Uh, we're not rich by any means. We have a we make a decent living, but they're it's you have to make us you have to know your numbers just to cover your overhead and what she was charging, she, it's not possible that she was going to cover her overhead even even if she paid cash. You're charging
0: cheaper than what we charge at salon prices in a small town. And this was mobile, you know, in, in a fairly again, but our market for the most part, except those of us who have, let me say those of us who have been around for years or have built fleets or, and that are the tried and true ones in our state. We, we know the numbers and we know the pricing and we know that, and we actually communicate and we have some really great, newer mobiles too that participate in those conversations and they ask the questions and they want to raise their prices like um this is something we've you know I know we've talked about is it kind of touching on this don't if you're starting or thinking about starting don't don't pride yourself on being the cheapest groomer. Don't pride yourself on not taking a new customer because your books are full for two years. If your books are full and you're the cheapest groomer, that means you're not charging enough and you're getting the anyone's and the everything's. And it's like, so you're working twice as hard for half the money. And these are the groomers. We had just two this year, even that had been around for a while, but they were so underpriced. They were working all the time and they just quit. Like they got burnout and said, I'm done. Like, and then just moved. And it's, that's why we talk about pricing and knowing your numbers and charging your worth. It's not because we want everyone to run out and price gouge and take advantage of people, but this is a very physical, very emotional, very, you know, it's a, it had, this career has a timestamp on it. And so whether your plan is to grow and expand and have an empire and you just run it, or if it's to grow it and sell it, or if it's simply to be a solo groomer either for yourself or for someone and then retire one day and actually... Have a nice retirement, a decent living, have money and savings, and your body not be all torn to shreds so you can enjoy. Like That's why this is important. That's why setting prices is important. That's why knowing your numbers, having a plan, not overdoing it, setting boundaries, all of the things is important. It's not just so you can be greedy and make a bunch of money. It's so you can actually sustain yourself and your industry and your livelihood. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just that whole you're greedy thing that strikes a chord with us. And it's like, no, you know, come see us in 10 years when you can't walk and you, you know, your van breaks and you don't have money to get a new set of tires or whatever it is. And it's just like, it's just sad. And that's why like we do talk so much about finances.
1: Or we've seen this too happen. It's where people might've got their van before the prices skyrocketed. So their overhead may not be as much as some other people's or whatever. And so they don't really increase their prices and they're not taking new customers. I mean, they may increase their prices, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there throughout the years, but then they go, their van, they get in a car accident or it's just, their van just ages out and they go to get a new one and the van's double and interest rates up are high right now. So they go from, they used back in the day had a $600 van note, now it's $2,500. And so they basically are doubling their prices on these customers where they thought they were the best customers ever. Of course, those people flip out, get mad, they quit. And then there you are, been in business for 10 years and you're basically starting all over again because you didn't continually increase those prices um, and you didn't keep up with what it's going to cost you. I mean, I see this over and over again, too, where people don't they make their van payment and then it's paid for, and then a year or two later, they're having to upgrade it, or it's worn out, and they're starting all over again. Again, if you're going to be a one-person show, you never want employees, that's great too, but make sure you're pricing accordingly. Know your numbers enough to know that every seven years, I need to replace this van, and you don't want to start over on a payment every single time. Like, just don't get in that rat race. But again, so many people just don't know their numbers. Yeah.
0: Well, that is... (laughs) About all I can think of. Again, this episode yeah. was just
1: a really, it's its the beginning. We have a couple more things coming up, which Molly will tell you about. Uh, we've got we've, several places, conferences we're teaching at this year. Molly will name a few of those. And uh, the next episode coming up, there may be a little drop, one or two in between those episodes of Rants. But yes. this episode was just to get yeah. you thinking.
0: About finances. Yeah,
1: we've talked about budget, increasing prices and stuff. But like, just if you'll just, we just talked probably about 100 things here don't make the mistake of trying to go home tonight and dive in and try to figure all this out. Make a plan over the next say three months. I'm going to learn all these numbers and get to the bottom of them. Right now is a great time. Most of us are working with our accountants and wrapping up our taxes. And so you will have those itemized categories. And so you can see what you spent and it's just a great time to really look at that and study that.
0: And know what you're looking at and studying at not, I mean, yeah, we all see what we bring in and we see what our expenses are, but like, what are those expenses what part of your business and why is that important like what do you want to increase where can you finagle money from here that's not maybe being utilized to put it and invest in something that could have a you know 100% return on it just by knowing where it's going and how it's being spent and how your business is actually using that um So again, this is just kind of the start of our financial February conversation. Um, As we said, we're going to kind of do things a little differently. Each month is going to have a theme topic. And with that, the first Monday, we'll do kind of just a little bit of rants, raves um, topic conversation. We may have some guest people that third Monday of the month. That's when we're going to have like our industry um, specialist on the topic. So for February, we've got... um, a great uh, pet industry financial lending specialist.
1: Yeah, she's uh, familiar with the SBA process.
0: Yeah, so we're going to go through like different kind of SBA for pet specialists, um, you know, pet industries, go over ex- business expansion loans, just different things that, you know, a lot of people don't even know that's an option and kind of how you can go about setting up some things. This is, that'll be a really great one for those that are thinking about expanding, especially if you're looking into purchasing other businesses or maybe buying that next salon, maybe taking over someone who's getting and out of the game in your area Um, just some different ways to go over that and just different options that are available that if you don't know about them you don't even know you know that you can use them Um, and then also just wanted to kind of bring up real quick you know the education that is coming up we've got groom expo west so that's coming up next week um next weekend in Pasadena. So we'll be doing a habits formation class and it's a lot of, it's called making your habits work for you. And so it's a little bit on, we're going to get into like structure and routine and how building that habit can save you time and money and efficiency. So whether it's you want to groom more dogs in a day, or you want to get off earlier in your day, you want to maximize, be efficient. And then, you know, kind of how that carries over into your life. So like routine habits schedule and all that equals like better productivity. So we'll be doing that in Pasadena. Um, But we've also are going to have at St. Louis Groom Fest. We'll be there. We've got several classes, but we are doing, we just announced our all day business summit on Friday and it's work on your business and not in your business. Is that April the 24th? Uh, 26th. The last weekend in April, somewhere around 24th, 25th, 26th, somewhere around there. And so that class is designed for, um, any, anyone, any business owner or anyone that's even thinking about being a business owner, or if you really just want to kind of understand the ins and outs of what goes into that. It's great for managers. We'll talk a lot about uh, boundary setting, how to set goals, what goals will go into habits, budgets. Like I said, it's an all-day business summit um, where we're just going the ins and outs on how to work on your business um, and not just in it. So, That's just a little bit of what we have coming up and then make sure we'll also be putting out bonus materials, um, starting some blog things, some rants, and then make sure to check out our Motivational Mondays, which will always be live on our Facebook page. But thank you guys. Have a great week. Have a great month. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks.